welcome to the I Spy with My MyOI podcast. I am your host, Brittany Sierra. I am a certified oral facial myologist, registered dental hygienist, and lifelong learner. My goal with this podcast is to expand your knowledge of oral facial myofunctional disorders and to bring you up to date in current literature so that together we can get to the root of the problem. You ask, we'll answer by collaborating with true pioneers and specialties associated with the myo world. Join me on this journey as we dive into the life-altering world of tethered oral tissues and airway space. Let's do this thing. Quick disclaimer, all content expressed on this podcast are the views and opinions of the speakers and is for informational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace, professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Because every person is so unique, you should always consult with your specialized healthcare professional. Dr. Richard Baxter is a board-certified pediatric dentist and diplomat of the American Board of Laser Surgery. He's a nationally recognized speaker on tongue ties, instructor of the comprehensive online course, Tongue Tied Academy, and lead author of the best-selling book, Tongue Tied, How a Tiny String Under the Tongue Impacts Nursing, Speech, Feeding, and More. He's passionate about educating parents and healthcare practitioners about the effects a tongue tie can have throughout the lifespan. He lives in Birmingham, Alabama with his wife, Tara, their five-year-old twin girls, Hannah and Noel, and infant Molly. He's the founder and owner of the Alabama Tongue Tie Center, where he uses the CO2 laser to release oral restrictions that are causing nursing, speech, dental, sleep, and feeding issues. He had a tongue tie himself, and all three of his girls were treated for tongue and lip tie at birth. So for him, this field is a personal one. In his free time, he enjoys spending time with his family and outdoor activities. He serves as an elder at his church and is on the board of Reach the Rest, a global missions organization. Dr. Baxter also participates in many overseas dental mission trips. He is currently working on several research and educational projects related to tongue ties. All right, well, good afternoon, Dr. Baxter. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. I'm super excited to have you on here. Um, you know, I know you're extremely busy, so I really appreciate you taking the time again, out of your busy schedule to come on and talk with me. No, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So everything I know for you is back up and running, which is awesome. It's been a long time coming. When were you, when was a quarantine initial for you? Yeah, uh, I think it was about six weeks or so ago. And then we just started back. We were still doing some emergency patients. So um, for us, that was only babies, like young babies and moms were having severe pain, nursing pain, like bleeding nipples. Yeah. Um, for me, in my book, that's an emergency. Um, so if anyone asks, like someone has bleeding nipples, you know, that, that's, that's bad. I'll have them uh, put some jumper cables on and see how they like it. Um, so, <laughs> Absolutely. I, uh, right. Um, okay. So let's figure, just kind of different definitions of emergency. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, but I would totally assume that to be an emergency a hundred percent. And I'm sure the yeah. moms appreciate it because I can't even imagine, you know, newborn mothers right now, like they can't even, you know, have their, yeah. their consult with the lactation consultants unless it's online. There's just no support right now. And like for the, for the dental patients, I mean, we were seeing kids that come in with severe pain, keeping them up at night and they came in and it was like an ulcer. And I was like, really? Like, I, which is fine, you know, but just seeing those patients over and over and like, kind of like a toothache, like this, this mm-hmm. just 
these babies were seriously struggling, the moms were ser seriously struggling, so happy to help them out. But we're glad we can see our normal patients again. So had about five or six today we just did. And yeah, it's good to see our older patients and the teenagers and stuff today. So absolutely. So let's get started. Let's I want to first hear about your journey into uh, tots and how you know you really focused in on it, how the Alabama Tongue Tie Center came to be born. So if you want to just share your story a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, I was uh, born in Dallas and um, went through several rounds of ortho, had oral surgery, went to uh, Vanderbilt, met my wife there, uh, went to dental school at UAB and went through all that training and uh, sorry, residency uh, for pediatric dentistry in Ohio. So that whole training, never even knew I had a tongue tie. Um, and dental school had a little bit of recession. So they like did something on like the Eiffel Tower, like the base of the Eiffel Tower part just for the recession by the gum line there. Because um, they said, oh, it's a little bit tight there, so we'll, we'll do that. Uh, it's like a mini phrenectomy, but they missed the big, huge string that was like very obviously there. Um, so it wasn't until like we had our babies, and uh, that was 2014, and uh, they had both had tongue ties, tongue and lip ties. And the lactation consultant, actually, Jill, told us about it and was like, hey, your babies have tongue ties, that's why they can't latch. And I was like, no, they don't. Like, I would know. I'm a dentist, like, you know, I'm a pediatric dentist. Like, we're working with babies and kids and stuff, but I just didn't know what I didn't know. And so it wasn't taught in dental school. We had one slide of one lecture in dental school on it. It was a Z-plasty technique. Um, and so it was really invasive looking. It was like along with other like serious oral surgery, like coronal flaps, like pulling people's faces down and stuff. Like they showed that. And then like they showed like a frenuloplasty, you know. Um, and then in residency, we had one article I can remember. It's from 2005 and it was outdated. And it talked about just like a clip with a, you know, freedom and that's it. And it can help breastfeeding. Um, but other than that, we had nothing. So. It was just like a huge like learning experience for me with my own kids. It was they were clipped by the pediatrician. It didn't work really. It was clipped about halfway. Went to see a dentist, uh, Dr. Notstein in Ohio. Um, he did it properly with the laser. He was one of the founding members of the IATP. And um, anyway, the rest is history. Started just like on this crazy rabbit hole, like everyone else uh, who's probably listening to this podcast of airway and tongue tie stuff. And um, ended up uh, writing a ranting blog post that turned into a book. Um, and yeah, that yeah. was going to be my next question. How did you begin writing that? So I didn't know that. So it was a blog post initially, well, and then you just kind of kept going. I was just typing to my phone, like in Evernote, I think, and just started like typing. I had like all these thoughts, and I'd wake up in, in the middle of the night, probably due to airway issues, uh, wake up at three in the morning or four in the morning, um, also due to, you know, young kids, and couldn't fall back asleep. So I just start writing, writing, writing. Um, and then I started from like chapter one, like chapter two, I was like, I think this is turning into a book. <laughs> um, just kept going and uh, yeah. And then- Well, that's nice. awesome. The book is amazing. I mean, you know, Thank we you. just kind of talked about it before we hopped on here, but it's such an easy read. Um, everybody, should, if you don't already have a copy, get a copy. It's on Audible. It's super easy to listen to in the car. I was telling Dr. Ba Dr. Baxter that that's what I did. I was like praying that I got into traffic so my ride home would be, <laughs> would be longer so that I could uh, listen to it. Because for some reason, when it was on Audible, I, sometimes I would try to listen when I was like cooking dinner, but that was just it's too hard. much going on for me. So yeah. it was just, oh my God, it's so informative. It was just such Good. an awesome, awesome, awesome book. So it's called Tongue Tie, yeah. How a Tiny String Under the Tongue Impacts Nursing, Speech, Feeding, and More. Yeah, and we wrote it with the team of specialists. And so that was like from the very beginning, like we needed to like highlight the team approach. So we had Megan, the speech feeding therapist, Lauren, speech therapist, who's actually in our office at the time. Um, she's now super busy, so she's across the street. 
uh, Lisa, who's a lactation consultant, Lisa Leahy, Paula Fabi, a myofunctional therapist, uh, Marty Lavorne, a chiropractor from down the street, Michelle Emanuel, who everyone knows, Tummy mm -hmm. Time Method, uh, she's an occupational therapist and CST, craniosacral therapy. And then a forward, I really want to get like um, a pediatrician involved. So uh, Rajiv Agarwal, a friend of mine, uh, wrote the forward for us. Um, and so we really have like that team approach uh, to the book. And I think that's really resonated with a lot of people. And the whole way it came about, as you asked earlier, uh, was just, we had all these parents, they're sitting like right here where I am. And uh, they're like, how have you never heard about this before? How has my provider never heard about this before? This, it seems like if it's this common, people should hear about it. Uh, I said, you know what, that's a really good question. And being asked that question like 25 times, 100 times, like, how have we never heard about this? I was like, there's got to be something that we can just a clear, concise, like, um, it's not like a textbook, you know, just easy, uh, you can paperback, you can pick it up and read it. Or like I said, it's not audible, so it's accessible. Um, you don't have to spend a hundred dollars to learn more about it. And uh, it's, it's really written primarily for parents. That's the language we use. So it's easy to understand. It's not like a big auto jargon, right. but it's still like, plenty um, technical for pediatricians or for dentists or lactation consultants um, to also get a lot out of it too. So that was kind of the goal behind it. And it's been, it's taken off as a bestseller in pediatric dentistry and a couple other categories, speech therapy, stuff like that on Amazon for um, a little over a year, actually. Um, so Amazon bestseller kind of fluctuates, but yeah, it was, it was up there for a long time. And uh, we cool actually just had translated into Spanish. Yeah, oh, it's in said? Spanish How cool. Yeah, lengua atada. And so... <laughs> Como un diminuto pedacito de tejido debajo de la lengua impacta la lactancia, um, alimentación y más. So that's anyway. amazing! Oh my gosh! Yeah. Thank you so much for all that work that you put into it. I mean, I didn't translate it, so that was Alicia. She translated, <laughs> but I had to go through and like help you know get the publishing process. And yep, uh, it's on Amazon too. We have a French version in the works. Um, it's probably going to be called uh, Frein de Lange. I probably butchered that, but like freedom of the tongue. Yeah. Um, that's what we call tongue tie there. And so, um, but it's going to very clearly specify like there are normal freedom or freena, and then there's abnormal like, tight freedom with symptoms. And so, but that's what, that's what they call it in France, um, a Danish version and a German version also in the works. So we're trying to get it, the word out there. Um, yeah, we're and I mean, that, that's what we need. So again, thank you so much for that. I do want to ask, so I've decided, I think I started this maybe like three episodes ago. I um, want to ask everybody that I have on here what you what your own personal I guess definition is of you know tongue tie or whatever definition you use um, yeah. whichever way you want to go with that. Yeah, I like the IATP version. Uh, basically, it's a string under the tongue or a piece of tissue under the tongue uh, that restricts normal tongue movement, and it has to cause a functional issue of some kind. And so you really have to have symptoms plus um, a restriction. And so sometimes it's not apparent like posterior tongue tie. I mean, the couple I did today, like virtually nothing there, but when you lift it up on it, it did feel tighter, but they had like all the check marks. One patient we had today had like 35 check marks on her form out of 50. That's oh, a lot. Wow. He was seven years old. Uh, although the 16 year old we just had, um, she had like eight or nine check marks mm -hmm. and um, hers was mostly speech stuff. And so sometimes it concentrates around speech or feeding. Other times it's a lot of the airway stuff, the sleep stuff, the breathing, mouth breathing. Uh, neck tension TMJ for one of our adult patients today. So, um, and then obviously the, the babies have the nursing issues. So they have to have some kind of issue plus uh, a restricted tissue. Mm -hmm. And so really um, a spectrum of restrictions, what we're looking at. And I always like to say symptoms and function are more important than the appearance. A hundred percent. So that's really another key. So, um, so let's talk about 
some of the results that you see, you know, the pre-release pre symptoms versus post-release and how some of them are pretty immediate? Yeah, I mean, like even the girl today, like her R was already like better. It wasn't all the way better, but like mom could tell, mom and grandma could tell a difference while she was still in the office. Um, a little baby we had again today, like deeper lash, a little bit less pain for mom. Um, and a lot of these moms have lots of nipple distortion and damage. So as we we're talking about earlier, but like, so it's not pain free often, but like, whoa, that's better. Like I can tell a difference. Mm -hmm. And so most of the time there is a difference if the baby will nurse in the office. Um, the kids, you know, like three, four, five-year-olds, they're still kind of crying before they, when they leave. Uh, it's similar to like a vaccine or something. So yeah. like if they um, got a shot at the pediatrician, they'll, they'll cry for a few minutes, calm down, then move on. Because we're not sedating them. Uh, we don't put them to sleep for it. It's just some topical numbing jelly. And then we do it for the younger kids. If they're older, like the 16-year-old will, will inject some lidocaine. Or even like five, seven-year-olds will inject some lidocaine. Um, but typically they'll notice something the first day. Um, typically, you know, it's like kind of improving like slowly. And then with therapy, uh, like I told them, you're probably still gonna need speech therapy, but this should allow speech therapy to progress easier. Right. So it's not a replacement for therapy. It's just an adjunct to help therapy progress easier. Um, we're working with uh, Lauren or myofunctional therapist, and then we're actually training three of our hygienists uh, to do myofunctional therapy as well. Um, because we have such a need for it here. There's only one in the state. She's across the street. She used to be in our office, Lauren. Uh, but yeah, like there's, there's very little, like you said in your area, there's, there's not much uh, as far as myofunctional therapy. So, Yeah. Um, again, gaining more popularity, but, you know, mm -hmm. as I'm sure it is everywhere. Um, on so the let's coast, talk yeah. West Coast and East Coast. On the coast, on West Coast and East Coast, there seems to be more like in the South or like in Central. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's, there's less. So. For sure. Um, so let's talk about, you know, we started talking about myofunctional therapy. Um, how important do you think myofunctional therapy is even pre-release? Like, would you do yeah. um, a release on somebody if they didn't have any prior myofunctional therapy leading up to it? So we really try not to. We counsel patients, like all patients that, hey, this is the best, like, if you want to do it right, do it before. And like I, from experience, my first one, I didn't do any pre-release therapy. I did a little bit of post-release therapy, not much, and it grew back. And then I had it again, again, and then I did more. And then I actually did it then three times. And finally, about a third time, third three's the charm. Like I did pre and post, and it did work better. And so we really try to counsel everyone that right now where we are, it's hard because like we don't have those resources available. So we're trying to get people to do like the online, like Zoom, like this, yeah. uh, or Skype. For FaceTime, but like we want to have the option to like say, hey, here's our therapist, like Jennifer or Mallory or Courtney, and like they can get on with you. And so we did a Sarah Hornsby's Mile Mentor thing, um, and they're going to do this Talk Tools conference uh, with us too. And so we're trying to like get them into it. Um, but they're doing clinical hygiene, like you said, you do. It's like they're treating patients all day. It's like we're trying to figure that out, like a balancing act. Like when can they do Mayo? Like, can they do it after hours? Like, and they're tired and want to go home. Right. Or they need a break at lunch. Cause I mean, doing pediatric dentistry hygiene, it's, it's busy and it's um, stressful. I'm so sure. right now we're trying to get that balance figured out of what that looks like. Um, so full disclosure, I mean, the 39 year old I did today, she didn't have much or any pre-release care. She'd looked into it a little bit, but they drove 11 hours. And so we did her son. She's like, please, like, I have a lot of tension in my neck and just like, I know it may not be the best, but you can do it. So I, I did hers, um, but I really try not to unless they've had pre-release there. So yeah, we, we really try to make sure everyone's had myo before. Um, and so we're getting more into like, we're going to be like very strict with it. So I just finished Dr. Zaghi's breathe course. Like, like they do like 
don't have monofunctional therapists, like we're not going to do like, you know, teenagers, adults, two or three year olds, like, you know, there's not a lot you can do there with Mayo. I know there's some baby Mayo and stuff like that. Um, but we're going to encourage them to like do some pre-release care. Um, yeah, I think um, at the Breathe Institute, I think Dr. Zaghi is recommending like, I want to say it's eight sessions pre-release. Several sessions. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's several and it's individualized, obviously, mm -hmm. like every patient's different. And so, um, but having some myofunction there was like in-house here where we can have more control over and like, here's who you can use. Yep. Because uh, right now, like we refer them to people and then like, oh, they never call me back or, or whatever the case may be, or like it's too expensive. Like, so we're going to try to have like affordable for our patients, especially, and make sure that it's, it's within reason and, and they can, do it easier so there's yeah, like less sure. excuses less, less barriers so i don't feel like i'm like oh i couldn't find one what well, with the right here in our office you know uh, so yeah. they can come to us or do zoom because most of our patients are two to four hours away i would say um and so they're driving a long distance and they've already driven to get here and so we're we're working yeah, on I it say, i do it's a lot a of um i do a lot of online therapy and i don't really find it you know limiting really and I think, um, especially now that we've all gone through this quarantine and everyone, everyone. is like Zoom professionals, um, yeah. you know, it, it really can, and especially when distance is a problem, um, it really can get, get the job done, especially, you yeah. know, they're coming into you, you're doing all the measurements and assessments and, and all of that. Because sometimes certain assessments, like if somebody comes to me first and then I have to refer them out. I would say yeah. maybe then we're a little bit more limited, but they've already seen you, you know what's going on. Yeah. You know, we basically just have to provide the therapy. Yeah. And we, we give everyone like exercises targeting certain things. Like, you know, like the greatest hits kind of like most important if like they have no money. Mayo like, 101. Like, <laughs> yeah, like and we don't like have like a video like on YouTube. I'm not trying to like give away, you know, like here's um Anyway, we, we work with them. Like I said, you know, we work on tongue jaw dissociation. I took Sarah's course too. So we're, we're all learning through it. And like every, every day we're learning more. Like just at lunch today, I was watching Sanda, who's at with Dr. Zaghi. And I was watching from the course from April, I guess. I'm, I'm still catching up. But, you know, just like some of the ways they lift up. Like, oh, that's good. Like, that's cool. I didn't think about that before. So uh, I think the most important thing is like to keep learning, keeping a student. Like no one's arrived. Right. Um, and I keep looking for more resources and courses and uh, I feel like we're forever, forever students yeah. in, in this field. Yeah. Sure. So we're hoping like this summer we can like even soon, like in the next few weeks, once we get back from COVID and back in, um, in the swing of things, we can really start implementing Okay. You have to have Maya if you're this age and up. And uh, if, if not, like we're not going to release you. So. Absolutely. I think just because, you know, the risk of or the likelihood increases the chance of having to have that second revision so yeah you don't want to do that exactly. once per lifetime it's, it's yeah enough. yeah absolutely want to do it three times or something and like we've seen we have to had to clean up a lot of messes and so we don't want to do that i'm sure so what would you do or recommend if you have a child that say is too old to breastfeed but still a little bit too young to dive into a myo program um, yeah. Would you still do the release or would you recommend holding off? How, what, what do you think would be best? Yeah, we have some of these age patients tomorrow. It's like one, two year olds. Um, for me, like brain development happens so rapidly during the first five years. Like by the time they're age three, it's already 80% the size of an adult brain. The brain is, um, by age five, they're 90% brain volume of an adult. And so like synaptogenesis, like all this stuff's happening while they're sleeping. So if they have poor sleep, poor feeding, they're not gaining well, like, they're having the speech delay issues, like 
which speech delay, it, it may or may not be speech delay, um, but they're just not talking, they don't know why. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I'd rather do those because it may grow back, parents are doing the stretch as well, so it's kind of like the baby stretches, they're not having to do exercises really, it's more like uh, just post-op wound care. Um, but for even even once a day, we recommend twice a day minimum, um, but if they can, very minimum, like super combative kid once a day, we've had some crazy results, like with one, two-year-olds. And so if we didn't see the patients back, you know, multiple times in many cases, like we wouldn't even realize like, okay, like they're having these crazy results. It's, we don't want to put them off because at a certain point, like the one, two-year-olds, they just like, their tongue goes up. Like if you release it, like the form, you know, function follows form, form follows function. You release it, it goes up, like they're sleeping better the first night and then it continues on. Um, they're talking like they have new words the first day or the second day. So uh, they're stopped breathing through their mouth. So a lot of these myofunctional problems correct themselves. Uh, I'm not saying they don't need therapy, but in many cases, like when they're younger, pre-therapy ages, um, one, two, three, uh, they're, they're doing really well. Um, with a proper release, we're not putting them to sleep. And then, you know, if we have to do a release and they're five or 10 or whatever, mm -hmm. later on we can do that, but at least we give them the best we can now um, and give them better function. Because I've had, you know, moms reach out to me and I don't really, um, I would say I typically don't start working with kids till they're at least five. I mean, sometimes I will younger, depending on like the maturity mm -hmm. level and the sure. compliance of the parents and everything. Um, but that, so that's good to know because I never really, I usually just, you know, refer them to a different myofunctional therapist that I know will work with, uh, children younger, but I never really knew, I guess, what would be the right answer? Cause they'll say to me, well, do you think we should just get it done anyways? And I know in my head, like it's, it's not going to hurt them. It's only going to help them. You know, if anything. Yeah. Unless, unless they do it and do a normal diamond release, but then do zero exercises, then it could grow back tighter. Right. You know? But if they're just or stretches, sorry. But if they if they do the wound care, the stretches, they're pushing it back, um, making sure it doesn't grow back together, checking it for about three weeks typically yeah. is what we say. And that's um, what I tell the parents, like you have to be ready to get in there. Yeah, and it's sore, they're biting the parent. We give them like a bite block. Sometimes mm -hmm. I'll give them, let's see if I have any yet, um, like a malt mouth prop. I'll give them one of these. You can get them on eBay for five or seven dollars. So like okay. they're super cheap. Yeah. A three and a half inch malt mouth prop. Um, so we'll just like have some of those. We'll get we'll give them the parents to take home with them because um, I'd rather have them. We show them how to use it, obviously. Yep. Uh, trap the lip on the tooth, anyway. Um, but if they can do that and get in there, like even once or twice a day, it, it won't grow back together. Or at least not much. Um, it always grows back some, but mm -hmm. uh, especially ones that are, like to the tip or obvious. But even the ones that are further back, like some of our craziest results. We had one girl, thirty-nine new words. She only had like four. Uh, she had ten words, so she was almost two had 10 words. We did the release that next week. She had 30, 30 new words. Wow. That so, is amazing. And she was sleeping better and she stopped kicking mom in the head while she was sleeping. <laughs> um, and she was eating better, stopped choking on stuff. So like it can really make a huge difference for these kids. Uh, parents can eat out at restaurants or eat out at family members' houses because uh, they can eat better. So the feeding changes is really like exciting for me too. Um, so sleep, uh, speech gets like all the glory kind of like, like oh, it affects like breastfeeding and speech. Yeah, it's a lot more than that. There's feeding, there's sleep, all the airway stuff, dental development, right. brain growth. So yeah. there's a lot that goes into it. Um, yeah, and, and it's just, you know, it's not just affecting the patient; like it's affecting the whole family, really, because it, it does. You know, improves it does. the livelihood in their life. Siblings. I mean, like this girl, a 16-year-old. Uh, they said around eighth grade, she got super shy, just like 
you know, inward and stop, you know, stop being outgoing and hates giving presentations in front of her class because of her speech issues. Mm -hmm. And hers is pretty tight. She was like a grade three. She can only lift like halfway or less. And so, um, and she's been in speech for 12 years, they said. Like, Ow. I'm sorry, like, if you've been in speech for 12 years, like something's wrong. Like, yeah. <laughs> if she's not working after like a couple years, like, or even like, really they should all have, you know, they do an oral MEC exam, but like, they're not, especially in school systems and stuff like that, they're, they're not really checking. They're not putting gloves on. They're not lifting up. Uh, you can't tell a lot just by stick your tongue out. That doesn't yeah, mean I didn't realize, I guess. Um, so when I went to take my very first intro course, obviously most of, most of the people there are RDHs or SLPs. And in my head, I thought that that was just like standard what they learn in school, but it's kind of like the same thing. They don't, that's not what they learn. It's not a lot of um, like oral motor based, you know, they drill. No, no like, not at all. Yeah. Um, that's like heresy and like a lot of speech therapy circles. Yeah, absolutely. I, I had an SLP, a mom reach out to me because um, she took some courses through talk tools. Um, yeah. And so she knew her, her son's five years old um, and he was tongue tied and, and she reached out to me. And when she told me she was an SLP, I was like, oh, I was like, well, you know, have you taken any courses, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, listen, she's like, I'm so interested and I've taken courses. She's like, but I go back and I try to tell my colleagues and they look at me like I have five heads. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's really sad. Yeah. And so we're actually getting an article published. Um, so it's uh, pretty soon. It's, it's been accepted. I'm not going to say where, but it's on speech, feeding, and sleep improvements. So it was prospectively done. Um, and we had a, a good number of kids in it. Um, so 37 kids in it. And um, I think hopefully this will help turn the tide a little bit. Um, so now after we did the, the book and the Tongue Tied Academy course, um, now I'm going to start working on like these research projects I've had on the back burner. Uh, trying to get him published. So yeah, and um, I think, like you said, um, speech and you know breastfeeding get paid the most attention to. But then you'll start to ask, like I have a lot of patients that come in, um, you know, say they're sent to me from an orthodontist for a dysfunctional swallow, and then I start asking them about their sleep and you know their behavior throughout the day and how tired they are and blah blah blah, and the parents are first confused as to why I'm asking these questions, but then mm -hmm. they're like you know, they start to connect the dots and they're like, oh yeah. So, you know, like you said, you have to go through everything because not everybody will have the same symptoms. You know, a yeah. lot of, there's a lot of tongue tied patients that I've worked with that breastfed. I'm going to do air quotes because they said fine. I don't really know how true that yeah, is. Yeah. Fine is. Um, but that's what people think. If, if a baby's able to breastfeed, then there's no way that they're tongue tied. I and know. There's a, a form at the end. Uh, of the book. Let's see, it's on page 305. This is like our child questionnaire. And so it has like, you can't quite see that, but speech, feeding, sleep, and then other. And those are the four main domains. Mm -hmm. And then the breastfeeding issues as a baby. And so it's also on our website, tongue-tie-al.com uh, slash professionals. And they can, they can get the forms. But um, so just that one form, it's, it's like the infant form. It's like mm -hmm. one page, all the symptoms, check it off. You can have like a picture of like that child's limitations. Combine that with your appearance and that'll help make a diagnosis or help make a referral. Um, so like, it's, it's really putting all those pieces, like literally that 16 year old uh, mm -hmm. and the one uh, before that, like the seven year old we had today, the mom's like, oh my gosh, like no one's ever expected like put these whole like things together. Like this yeah. makes a lot of sense. I wish, I wish we'd known this before. For sure. Um, so anyway, <laughs> just yeah. doing the best with the mom's app. 
I was on um, a podcast earlier. I was actually a guest on a podcast and she, um, she like empowers women and she has like this whole like woman tribe. It's awesome. But anyways, so I went on there and I started talking about all this and the importance of functional breathing and what whatnot. And she's like, so she's like, if we, if parents are catching these signs earlier, she's like, then they could basically change, you know, the course of their life. What would have, what would happen if we didn't catch it sooner? And I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, that's why it is so, so important that we're, you know, I know when I was in hygiene school, like we learned, don't send somebody to an orthodontist till they lose their baby teeth. Well, that's way yeah. too late. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I know we're going to get some expanders for our girls and their primary dentition, or they have like, you know, they're, they're five, almost six. Um, but yeah, we're going to get some expanders to, to make more room for the tongue so you can get up out of the airway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, so, it's, it's super common. It's probably, uh, I'd say probably 20%, uh, maybe 25% would be even a conservative estimate of how many kids are affected by this. I mean, it's, it's really common. For sure. Absolutely. Um, what do you do if you have a patient that comes in, um, that you, you know, you say to them, oh, I'm noticing this restriction here. And they're like, oh, well, I already had a phrenectomy done. Like, how do you explain to somebody that maybe it wasn't done correctly or a full release or whatever the case may be? Yep. We have one today that was clipped before. Uh, we have it pretty commonly. Almost once a day, we have one that's come in that's already been clipped before. Mm-hmm. Um, they clipped the lip or they clipped the tongue. And we'll just show them the picture. And for many people, like a picture's worth a thousand words. I'm glad I'm here in the right. consult room. Here's our intraoral camera. So we use this and um, it really helps. Let's see like, what it looks like. And so uh-huh. it takes a picture and it's like super helpful just to show. Um, so they can see like, whoa, like see that restriction right there? That's the fascia. It's mm-hmm. webbing like this. When you pull up on it, it pops up. But like a posterior tie at rest, it's just, it's still tight, but it's not, uh, it's not very visible. Mm-hmm. And so we'll show them that. And then once they see all the symptoms on the form, like they have 20 check marks. Mm-hmm. And they see how tight it is in the picture. They're like, okay, it's, it's a no brainer. Um, so I don't have to say much really, but like uh, on hygiene visit, it's harder. So if they come here for like a dental cleaning or something and we notice, Hey, it's tighter than normal. Like that's, that's a more difficult situation because they're not necessarily in that mindset yet. When they come to the tongue tie center, like they already, they know, right. they've, it's like going to the end on us. Like I said, like no one comes to us just for fun. Like, <laughs> like, Oh, like do you just laser and walks in? No. Like, but we laser most people walk in because Again, like, I'm not going to go to the endodontist unless I have like a throbbing tooth and I'm pretty sure I need a root canal. Right. Like, most people have done some work, especially if they're driving three hours or 10 hours. Like they've done some work and some homework. Like these parents, people aren't stupid. Um, they're coming to us because they're, they're, there's a problem and they're, they're hoping we can help them. And often it's a last resort, even they've tried all these other things and it's not working. Yeah, and for so sure. For, for hygiene, they're coming for teeth. You look at, hey, it's pretty tight. Any issues with speech, feeding, or sleep? No, he's fine. Okay, like some people just don't want to talk about it, so I just let it go. I'm sure you see that too. Oh yeah, um, very. I always tell everybody, you know, it's important definitely to read your patients. And yeah. some people are like, yeah, give me all the information, and then some people, it's almost, especially some up, some parents, I should say, um, yeah. it's almost like, you know, you're telling them what's wrong with their kid, and that nobody like they have autism or something. That. Yeah, it's like, like you know, your kid is like a deformity or autism or some other like congenital problem you're saying my kid is a problem like my little perfect johnny is like no no like this is something we can help with if you wanted to and uh, we never do it the simple. same day though if they come for hygiene visit like hey mom talk to dad about it mm-hmm. uh, look it up check here's some resources check our website you know whatever it is 
and um, and educate yourself. And then if you're interested, come back and see us. Here's a brochure. So we give them a brochure and uh, actually got a brochure here too. And <laughs> didn't know if you used all these props. So here's a little tongue tie <laughs> brochure. Yeah. Uh, we'll give them and it has pictures of what a tongue tie looks like and what a lip tie looks like and the common symptoms and what we do. And typically they'll either give us a call or not. So anyway, but at least and we I did all for our you. Once you spark that conversation, the parents start to notice so much more that they weren't yeah. really paying attention to before. I seem to get that a lot. Like the parents will call back or even adults, like in terms of if they're mouth breathing, they'll tell me no, even though I know they are. And then like a week later, they'll come back and they're like, wow, I do mouth breathe. And I'm like, I know you do. <laughs> I've been there the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> you mouth breathe like, no. <laughs> I'll try to sneak it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Funny. Yeah, I know. It, do the best you can. Yeah, absolutely. Did Johnny mouth breathe at all? Like, no, no. Yeah, right? Yeah. Or you, you know, you might ask, you know, if they're snoring and for some reason the parent will say no, but then the sibling is like, I share a room with them. They snore yeah. every night. <laughs> I know. And that's the thing. Like there's a lot of like, there's like recall bias. Like there's, there's all kinds of like biases and, and limitations and stuff. And that's why people are like, oh, parental reports, not accurate. So like the study we're getting published, like it's parental report of what their symptoms were before. It's just the form we use and what the symptoms were afterward, if anything got better or worse. Um, and then if they would like to do it again, or if going, if they had to, would they do it again? And so, um, the whole thing is like, people are like, Oh, parental reports unreliable. Like, yeah, but like, what else is better? Like who knows the kid better than the mom, especially these babies. Like the moms mm -hmm. are like, <laughs> like, like watching like a hawk. Videoing know, like, everything they do. <laughs> yeah. And like, and kids are the same way though. The parents are like really in tune with their kids. Most parents are. Um, and you know, there's some that like, you know, we'll get in and we'll do the, the, the intake form. And it's like, they have tons of issues, speech, feeding, sleep, everything. They come back a week later and they'll mark like, um, speech is better. And then like, uh, they'll say no prior issues for feeding and no prior issues for sleep. It's like, what? Like they had like tons of issues, but like in the parent's mind, like, yeah, he snores and grinds his teeth and like mouth breathes. So does every other kid. It's like, mm -hmm. no, those are red flags. Like those aren't normal. Well, no. Um, and I remember like, again, when I was first became a hygienist and we had a kid that had wear on their teeth and we're like, Oh, well he'll grow out of it. Like kids grind their teeth. Yeah. No. <laughs> common, but not normal. Right. Like Absolutely. Cavities are common, but they're not normal. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's see, is there anything that we didn't cover that you want to, to touch on or any last words you'd like to leave with the audience? Uh, yeah, or, like I said, we're just hopefully spreading the word some more by doing this podcast and like, you know, with the book, um, we just, the course we were talking about, uh, it took a long time. It was a year long project. So the book was a year long project. Um, the tongue tied Academy was like a year long project. So, mm -hmm. um, there's, there's a light version like for therapists or for lactation consultants, um, speech therapists, myofunctional therapists, occupation, whoever's working with this population that wants to learn more. And there's a light version that's significantly less expensive. And then there's one for dentists, uh, physicians, uh, you know, ENTs, whoever mm -hmm. wants to do this procedure, um, using, using the ways we use it uh, with, with the laser or, or any method, really. Um, a lot of the principles can be, it doesn't matter the tool. It's like right. doing it right, combining with therapy, how to assess for it. Um, and so it's, it's like 11 modules. It's 20 hours. Um, and it's dental approved CEs. Uh, Tongue-tied light, I think, is around 13 hours. 
So it's still like 13 hours of CE credit and it's, uh, it's, it's professionally produced video. Uh -huh. So not, not to say the Zoom call isn't professional, but I had a full film crew. It took them eight hours just to get the lighting right. Yeah, yeah. I saw um, on one of the, I don't know if it was an Instagram story or Facebook story or whatever, but I saw the, all the lighting on yeah, it. Yeah, like, like it, was, it was a lot. So anyway, um, but yeah, check it out, tongtiedacademy.com and uh, yeah. for whoever's interested. It's, it's really cool. Um, and again, like just trying to get people to, to hopefully, you know, provide the best care for their patients, like we're all trying to do. Um, just that the, right now, and I think one good thing coming out of the whole COVID thing is like there is more online options. So sure. most people that want to do this have young kids. They're just getting started. Like maybe their own kids led them on this journey. Mm -hmm. And so like they, they have a hard time going to these conferences. Like mm -hmm. the conferences are three or four days long. They're on the other side of the country or other side of the world. And it's, it's hard to do that. And it's multiple times a year to stay up to date. So that's what Tongue Tied Academy is. Like I said, I just took the breathe course with Dr. Zaghi. Um, I'm doing the talk tools thing uh, this week and next week. Um, so just trying to look into these options. Like it's, it's so, there's so much great stuff online now that like there's really no excuse at, at this point. Um, so whoever, whoever's listening, you know, get educated, whether it be Tongue Tied Academy or the book or, or any other uh, thing out there. There's so many good options out there. Um, but yeah, just yeah, and I'll, I'll link um, the book and Tongue Tie Academy oh, in the show notes for everybody. So driving or if you're running or something listening to this right. that's, oh, like that's the other thing I'll do when I'm running and sometimes I'll end up um coming back and like re-listening or re-watching like especially during COVID um there were some actually I think it was one of Dr. Zaggy's that was on YouTube and uh -huh. I was like you know let me just this is gonna be more beneficial at least for me to listen to than listening to music right now but yeah. then I came back and rewatched the whole thing because I wanted to see all the pictures that he was posting uh -huh. um but I caught a lot of stuff that obviously I didn't hear the first time around but yeah I mean there really is no excuse now especially like you said with all this online stuff you can kind of like yep. learn it or especially the ones that aren't live and are like module based like that like you can learn at your own pace it's awesome yep. you don't have to take all that yeah, Sarush is, is my running buddy he doesn't really know it uh but uh he's <laughs> maybe well now but he's I'm like I'm like running watching Dr. Zaghi up on the screen um on the tv so that's how I'm doing the breathe course I wasn't able to take it live yeah. uh so we were actually filming our course uh when, when his was going on mm -hmm. back in uh, March yeah um, but it's but awesome that's the, and that's you don't realize how long you've been running for. It's great. Yeah, find a way to work it in. However, and if it's during a workout or probably not while driving, that's not the best way to watch these things. Um, but, you know, like while you're cooking or something. Um, but anyway. For sure. Well, thank you, Dr. Dr. Baxter, again, so much for coming on, taking the time. Um, I'm glad that you guys are up and running and, you know, back full force. So good luck with everything. And we'll definitely um, stay in touch. Thank you, you too. It was great chatting. Yes, Thank you for listening to today's episode of I Spy with My Maya Y. If you want to hear more about these episodes, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or feel free to contact me at bsierra.omt at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe as well and let us know of any subject or guest speaker you'd like to hear from. Help spread the word by sharing today's episode on your social media page. You can find me on Facebook at CT Oral Facial Myology and Instagram handle CT underscore Oral Facial underscore Myology. Everybody have a wonderful day.